This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're uh, moving on into the new year, and I am very happy to see that people are thinking more seriously about bereavement, grief, and loss, and how we can help people and the people that are listening to our show to deal with bereavement during the coming year. And we've got an expert on that's going to give us some great advice for this year. Heidi, would you like to introduce our guest? Sure, Mom. I'd love to. And like you said, we'll be talking today about bereavement support. And we have someone here that is a friend of ours who is doing incredible work out there here in New York City. Her name is Dr. Wendy Lichtenthal. And Wendy is a clinical psychologist who directs the bereavement clinic at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center here in New York City. Losing her father at a young age has driven her to focus her research on developing effective interventions for the bereaved and identifying those in need of bereavement support. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on. I really appreciate the invitation. You know, I, when we were going to have you on, Wendy, and, and thanks for coming on, I was thinking about, I wonder uh, how she can work with this population of bereaved people um, or uh, you know, working in the cancer center and all that. And I think that um, maybe the death of your dad at an early age might have played into that because don't you think we get some strengths from some of those experiences? Oh, absolutely. I think that um, a, a big focus of my work is on how we make meaning of our life challenges and most specifically losing someone. Um, and the reason I think that I am so interested in in this work around making meaning of, of, of loss and finding meaning in our lives around that is because of that being the direction that, that I ended up taking. And, um, and it is because of, uh, of that early loss. I mean, it happened around the time I was 13 going on 14, a time where we're forming our identity. Yeah. And I was um, in so much pain and, and really struggling with it. And um, decided at that point that in some way, shape, or form, I wanted to to figure out how to help people manage this pain. Um, and so it's carried it's carried with me, I think, because it did happen around that that formative age. That even um, to this day, whenever I'm going through a, a difficult time, and specifically around loss, um, I'm my mind is always going like, "What am I doing here? What am I getting from this? What's helping me through? What's not working for me?" always with this mind of making meaning of it through the, the career path I've chosen. So it's a huge part of, of, of what I do um, and sustains me through it for sure. Did your dad die of cancer? He didn't. He didn't. He, he um, died of heart disease, and it was, mm-hmm. it was sudden. Um, so it, that, that wasn't the direct path, but, but working in uh, cancer was, was a, a way that I can get into this, this field. Um, so that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about your research. Sure. So we have research going on in a few different areas, but the one that I've uh, been focusing on the most is with parents who've lost a child to cancer. Uh, because, again, I have had this drive to figure out what um, helps people through challenges and how they make, make meaning of their lives um, and make, make sense of a, a loss that can be so devastating. And um, as I've gone through this work, 
very strongly influenced by Bob Niemeyer's uh, Meaning Reconstruction work, which is work that has to do with how we create a story and construct meaning um, after we, we lose someone, how we make sense of it and find significance of it. Um, and I also was heavily influenced by uh, the work of my mentor who um, developed a specific type of therapy called meaning-centered psychotherapy, which has to do with how we find mean, our, a sense of meaning in our lives. What are the things that keep us going? So between the, the, the two of them and their work, um, I've been um, pursuing developing a specific type of therapy that we, we're calling meaning-centered grief therapy. And so our research initially was interviewing parents who lost a child and giving them questionnaires to learn more about the specific types of challenges with finding meaning in their lives and, and finding meaning in their loss that they face. But the central ideas behind it um, have to do with our ability to choose our attitude in the face of suffering. This was an idea that mm-hmm. uh, psychiatrist Viktor Frankl promoted yeah. um, through his experience in the concentration camp is how do we, in a situation that's so beyond our control, um, where it feels like you know, our freedom in life has been taken away from us uh, by virtue of what's happened, um, how do we focus on the one thing that we always have control over, which is how we respond to a situation, the attitude we choose. Now, I've got a question. I've got to ask you a question about that. Do we sure. always have control? Isn't there a physical aspect to this? So we don't have control necessarily of our feelings. We don't necessarily control, have control of our physical reactions, but we have control over the way we respond to those feelings and physical reactions. And what I mean by respond is the way we think about them and the way we behave around them. Mm-hmm. So um, it's true, and I think we need to, the big piece of this work that we always, when we're talking about it with, with the bereaved, is saying, this is not to say, you know, turn that frown upside down. It's nothing like that. It's, it's not about, um, you know, making uh, lemonade out of lemons. This is rather about validating the suffering, truly, it, 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 uh, understanding and being compassionate towards whatever we're feeling, whether it's physical, whether it's uh, psychological, but then recognizing the fact that we can take pause and decide how we want to think about it and choose how we want to respond in the world around it. Now, do you have some special techniques that you teach? Sure. We do a few things through this therapy. The first thing we did is um, that we gave it back to parents. We developed this intervention. We gave it back to them for feedback. So that was a very important part of this is that parents have a voice in in saying what's been helpful and what would not be so helpful for them. Um, But the specific types of exercises that we do, for example, um, is um, around who they were before their, their, their loved one was diagnosed, in this case their child was diagnosed, thinking about what they were like as a caregiver, um, qualities around, around their sense of identity that were important to them, thinking about how they are now, and then thinking about who they want to be, the type of person they want to mm-hmm. be, um, with this idea that they, again, are the author of their story. They're the ones in charge mm-hmm. of making meaning of this. But a big part of this around the grief is pulling their, their child into it that um, with the understanding that specifically for, for parents who've lost a child, their child's legacy and sustaining a sense of meaning in their child's life, um, it can be so important. And that by how the parent, in this case, chooses to face each day, um, they are taking their child's legacy with them, that the two are so intertwined. 
And so as we help parents think about what they want their story to be, we invite them to bring their child into this as much as they can, as much as they want their child to be, whether that's by thinking about what they witnessed while their child was ill, the, the qualities that they saw in their child that profoundly affected them and the type of person they want to be, or whether it's becoming active in causes that, that now touch them through, you know, via having gone through what they've gone through. Um, as you well know, uh, you know, making meaning of these sorts of painful experiences can be the thing that helps them to coexist with their grief. It's not to say this is not a, a cure-all to, to take away the feelings of grief, uh, the psychological, the physical, any of those symptoms. It's more about finding ways to, to coexist with their grief. That's what I like, Wendy. I like that even though the, the parents are finding a new normal and entering the next chapter of their lives, they're continuing the bond and taking their child with them in a new and different way. Exactly. Now, could you tell me, um, we're talking about this kind of abstractly. How would you have me do this? Would I write it? Would I talk to somebody? How, how do I connect? Each session we have a different focus. And we do it that way not because it's the only way to do it, but because this terrain is so hard to navigate sometimes that we think that by giving a bit of structure, it can help something that feels so chaotic be a little more easier to, to navigate. We first explore the meaning of the actual grief reactions with parents. We talk about what is it to feel the feelings. What does that mean? For some people, it's something that they feel would be unbearable. For others, it's something that they feel like if they feel a moment of relief, they're becoming disconnected from their child. And so we have a series of questions that we ask that help just allow the, the parent to think about what their grief reaction means to them. And then we do a, a, a mindfulness exercise where we invite um, the, their connection to their child in. Um, mindfulness, for those of uh, the listeners who are not familiar with it, is about being present in the here and now without judgment, moment to moment, just and, and practicing accepting whatever it is um, and allowing it to be, to just be. And that includes the very, very painful feelings of grief that emerge. Is there a time frame with this? I mean, can you do this right away? Do you, is there... I know I think there is uh, some correlation between time out, how long it's been and how people are doing for the majority of sure, people. Sure, absolutely. Um, so we start this work, at least in terms of, you know, us studying it. We're starting with parents who are at least six months okay. after the loss of their child. That's, um, we're, we're, that's not because of... Um, that, that we, we know for sure this is the best time, but it, um, it gives parents a little bit of time to um, come down from the acute shock of their loss um, mm-hmm. and, um, and be able to um, engage in this work, we think, um, with, a little, with, with, with more focus. Because there is, as you were um, kind of briefly alluding to before, there's a lot that physically is going on for parents in the immediate wake of their loss. For all, and I, I want to say I'm going to say parents because this is the work we're doing, but I think this is you know, relevant for for all grieving individuals. Um, well, and I think the the mindfulness piece, Wendy, going exercising, going into the imagination, you know, you said visualizing the child, right? Yeah. I, I would think in the first six months, some people have difficulty going there because they feel completely overwhelmed. Yeah. It's, so I like the idea that you guys are waiting six six months out. Yeah. Before you start to, to have you know implement these techniques, I, I love this stuff. Yeah, that you're doing. And once we 
we move through that, once we can help them, and we hope that they can practice this again, because to do any of this work, the, the intellectual piece and the feeling piece, it, it has to be at least a little bit bearable. And um, because, again, mm-hmm. it, that, it's hard to bear, we, we want them to have an exercise to practice um, building up that tolerance for these excruciating feelings. We then um, move into to learning more about the child because this is, again, feedback we got from parents is that's what they want to talk about most is they want to mm-hmm. um, talk about their child. And so we ask about their child in, in different ways, uh, what they learned from their child, the, the kind of qualities that they admired, the lessons learned. And we talk about the child's living legacy. We're careful to use that word, that their legacy is living and ever-changing and ever-growing. Um, and so we talk about the ripple effect that their child had, um, both both before they were ill and um, and during their illness. Because I think for many parents we work with, the the, the sheer courage their child exhibited through the illness was um, this, a, a huge influence on the parent. We we um, have found that parents really do still have a voice for their child in their mind, the way they. Way they, they intimately knew their child, and so we invite them to give give a voice to their child if the child was too young to speak, um, knowing about that bond and and what they sense their child um, would want for them. Um, to speak to something you were mentioning before about writing, um, writing can be so powerful. Um, some of my re- my earlier research was on the the power of writing um, and helping people create this narrative and make make meaning of their loss. Narrative being your story, right? I just want to say that your because story. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I just saying um, that because I think <laughs> narratives become such a, a psychological word for people, and and I don't think everyone identifies just with mean that. Story, you're right. You're right. We just mean story. The idea is that you are the author of your story. This is a kind of concept that that many people have spoken about is the freedom we have to be in charge of our story. And while when we are not in charge of the events that happen and we are not in charge of the losses we face, the thing we can always come back to is that we are we are the ones who decide what it means for our lives, how this story has affected us. You know, when we're talking about um, where people can go and how they make meaning, I want to be careful to say that it doesn't need to be um, grand or, or utterly life-changing in the course of one's life, but it can be just simply in how one faces each day that they are making meaning of their loss and learning from their, their loved ones. And it can be over time. I mean, it can be years before oh, sure. you, before you start to point. work it into the story. People Absolutely, because when we hear, again, what for both of us on, on, the, on the show right now, myself and, and you yourself, having um, gone through, through difficulties, it, it, when you hear someone, on the one hand, it offers hope, and that's so important that you see, okay, there's a, there's a way through this, or people find their way through this. But on the other hand, we don't want to say that, you know, this happened overnight, that there wasn't a, a period of, of immense struggle that led to a point where people have found their meaning. It often takes working through a great deal of pain and suffering. So when you hear a story and, and people talk about the meaning that they get out of a, a, a tragedy or, or a life challenge, I always remind people that you're hearing them at the punchline. You're hearing them at the finish line, mm-hmm. although this work is, of course, never finished. But, but, but you're hearing them after a journey. And remember that the journey was most likely very, very hard. And so that we should take comfort in that, that 
while there's a, a potential, there's there's hope to have um, to be ki- kind to oneself on, on along the way on the journey. Wow, Wendy, thank you so much uh, for being on the show today, and and so many things that you said. Now I, I'm listening to the show, and I'm thinking, but what about me? Because I don't live in New York. Um, do you have any suggestions for people uh, if they want to move sure. into well, this process? Sure. Well, there are um, there are certainly some things we've written that are chapters in books. There's a book, um, Techniques of Grief Therapy by Bob Niemeyer. We have a couple of chapters in there have to do with, with making meaning. Um, and I have some papers. If you, um, I think, even just Google my last name, um, Lichtenthal, you can find some papers that we've written on this topic. And people want to reach out. We can always include an email address for me. Sure. Do you want to give that? Sure. My email address is lichtenw at mskcc.org. And now I'll spell that out. It's L-I-C-H-T-E-N-W at m as in mary skcc.org and we have some some studies going on for people who are not just in the new york area so um, people can feel free to to reach out and i hope that i can help direct them to 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 whatever resources we can find well wendy thank you so much it's been really uh, very interesting and thanks for the wonderful work that you're doing oh my pleasure thank you again for having me i really appreciate it thanks wendy sure So you've been listening to the Open to Hope show, and Heidi and I want to say that if you've lost hope and are looking to find a new way to move during the new year, we hope that you'll read more articles and listen to more radio shows. And we also want to say, if you've lost hope, lean on ours till you find your own, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.